What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Welcome group. back, folks. T-double-B-L-C. What an exciting week. It's Masters Week this week. The only week I care about during the year other than the U.S. Open, I'd say, and the two other majors that come after. But how you doing, Drew, this week here? As always, Drew Luster, Essex, Massachusetts resident. Yeah, we're uh, we're hanging in there. Like you said, spring is upon us. And it's funny because I feel like the Masters just happened, which it actually did because of COVID. So it's kind of like true. a little double dip action. You know, just when you start to recover, you got to get get back on your high horse and get going for the next one. So no complaints over here. It's getting nicer out. We got, you know, NBA, NFL, no, not NFL yet. NBA, NHL, NBA, the Masters, March Madness just ended. So, yep. I mean, we are we are in full swing. Best time of year by far. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, why don't you jump into the national holidays other than the fact that it's Tuesday of Masters Week. Yeah. So Champions Dinner tonight, by the way. Champions Dinner. Uh, so if we're talking when this comes out, hopefully, you know, Wednesday, April 7th, I'll cover those while I have you. National Beer Day. I think Wednesday is a pretty good day to have a beer because you're just coming off the two most rigorous days of the week. Going into Thirsty Thursday, crack yourself a beer tomorrow and enjoy your day. I'm sure um, Ken's will be having a beer tomorrow. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people <laughs> having some beers. Uh, National Coffee Cake Day, not a big fan of coffee. Ooh, uh, you, no. you probably like coffee cake. I love coffee cake. Yeah. I, I figured, I know you like but, you like, like coffee ice cream and all that stuff. So Mrs. Swinson would always make us uh, a coffee cake either from my brother's birthday or my birthday or some special occasion. Yeah. How nice. But she'd always put like, like the little cracked nuts or something on the top of it. Yeah. You know me, I'm a little picky and I would pick each and every single crumb off that thing until there was no nuts left in that coffee cake. The rest of the cake was brilliant. I would pro- I do I've done a similar thing actually. There was like this certain chocolate cake from like Macabasque or whatever yep. that my parents got and it had like the same thing like shavings of nuts on the top and like little bits. Yeah. And I would just take the fork over the top and just scrape them all <laughs> off because, yeah, God forbid one of them sneaks by my lips. Oh my God, I'd have to go to the friggin' hospital. It's like, do you, and I, have and you? I ain't even out, and I ain't even allergic. Have you eaten meatloaf before? Yes. I scrape so my mom makes and puts a layer of ketchup off on the top of it, and I scrape the ketchup <sighs> right off. Right off. <laughs> I hate ketchup. If I, I don't. You couldn't pay me. Gun to my head. Blow my brains out. I couldn't eat it. <laughs> Not even now. I take it off, and there's still a little remnants of the ketchup on top, but it's not That's bad. Good. You kind of just mix it into the the ground. But I feel beef. like you're still thinking about it. Like it's still very oh, much it's in your mind. So much in your head. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. It's it's all mental for me. Yeah. Um. So that's one of them. Couple more. National No Housework Day. Not that I do much to begin with. Yeah, I'm uh, every, will probably attest to that. Every two weeks. So, guy for cleaning at least that is exactly so that's another one where we're just going to shuffle that one under the rug yep um and then a couple more here national walking day is the first wednesday in april Mm. so go get your steps in go and you know mileage challenge mileage challenge part two could be coming here soon in a couple months go walk the treadmill oh we have a bug i need to kill hold on one second that gives me – go ahead, and I'll keep talking here. Yeah, go ahead and smush it. But me and Drew have kind of committed to doing 75 days straight of working out. It's the TikTok challenge, some would say. We've modified it so that we aren't absolutely insane you know, working out hours because if you go over an hour a day, our bodies will probably crumble after like three days. So – I'm very interested to see, once Drew smushes this bug, uh, tasked by Leah, if he has done his workout today. That's what the question is, Drew. What do you got? Have you done your workout today? Do you want me to be honest with you? I do. I think I feel as though you haven't texted me about it, and the streak has been snapped by you. I was doing pretty good. 
Yeah. Easter got you. Easter got me. Uh, Yesterday? Did you? uh, Yes. Okay. It's just been a crazy start to the week. So that's where my excuse will be. I have been slacking a little bit. I haven't. The consistency has dropped off. And I think part of it is you just got to get into that schedule. And even if you don't want to go, you have to go. Even on the days where you feel it worse, you have to just grit your teeth and and go. So we'll see what happens. Lesson learned. I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to be better because of it. I am looking through my notes here to see what day I'm on and and when the last time I texted you is. Uh, But I believe... I feel like you were on... I I believe I'm 10 out of 75 right now. Because I think yesterday was 9. Yep, yep, that makes sense. Yeah, so the the toughest for me, Monday through Friday, I think is easy because I, I just say, you know what, I'm taking my lunch. I'm going to go do the group workout. And yeah. once you're there, you have to do it, it feels yeah. like, no yeah. matter how shitty you feel. Um, and then it's out of the way for the day so like I can come home and relax, which has been nice. Yeah, that makes sense. But the Saturday, Sunday is tough, I tell Brutal. you, because you want to have a beer or something like, you know, mid-afternoon if you didn't work out. Me personally, I can't do that because then I'm gonna to want to go take a nap after, and that workout's yeah, not getting done. Not getting done. It's tough. You the weekends are typically a break, and like you said, when you can jam it into your schedule in the middle of the week when you got all the stuff going on, it's not as bad. But I I feel you there. Yeah. So with that, we'll move on to some hates and loves of the week. Do you want to start us off, Drew? Pick your poison. Which one would you like to go with? So I actually, over the last 14 days, we, we took a week off. Yeah. I haven't come up with a good hate of the week good enough to share at this point in time. Okay. So I'm going to start with love of the week instead. That sounds good. My love of the week is something that it has was talked about a little bit on Twitter last week with all of the major sports sort of coming into full swing. I figured, you know, you got people returning to the stands. This one would be perfect for the times when. Okay. The feeling when you're walking through the tunnel or concourse into the stadium, into the actual playing surface of, of you know, the TD yeah. Garden, Fenway, Gillette. When you leave the concourse where, you know, audio is a little bit muffled, it's a little bit packed in there. You step out, you see the open field, the open rink. Everything just yeah. seems to sort of slow down for a second and you get <clears> the sight of just everything. It's, I can't even explain it. There's nothing like it. I especially like a, a summer night at Fenway. I think Fenway I mean, is where you see oh it the gosh. most because I don't feel that as much at Gillette with like the amount of space. It's a similar amount of space. Yep. But it's just not really anything to look at other than like a, a typical football field. Whereas Fenway yep. you got the monster. You the I skyline in the back. The the place I think about walking out of is, is right field in the grandstands and you got the entire outfield in front of you, the players are warming up doing a little BP maybe. Oh, God. Yeah. It's Hey, or or the the other option to that would be in R. I. P. baseball tavern, but you'd be up at the baseball tavern having a, a Sam summer and I mean, then you'd be overlooking Fenway Park right there. You're you're overlooking yeah the entire basis of the stadium. You got people buzzing in and out. I mean, skyline. You know the the roof deck. There, there's a slight breeze. You got the Bruins guys up there. We got Kenzie just you know wiring us cash so we can buy Pasternak shots of fireball. Uh, thank you again, Kenzie, for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just nothing better than it. And when with people back in the stands, I can't wait to have that moment again. Hopefully here shortly. Yeah. That's a good love of the week. My love of the week, and this goes, I think our best sometimes come out of the bathroom. It's just kind of what happens. Yeah, I don't know why. But mine being when the bathroom was just cleaned and you have to go take a poop. Like I'm talking... Like I'm you talking walk in bleach and all the chemicals. Oh, yeah, and there's still like the uh, the chemicals in... Residue. Yes. From like in the, the toilet, it's a little like the, cloudy. Like it's a yes, little cloudy exactly. because it's so clean in there. And, and there's like a new paper to- towel, paper. What's it called? What's it called? Paper. Paper towel. It's not tissue paper. Toilet, toilet paper. paper. Oh toilet my paper. god! It's not like shredded up or on the ground with yeah. like a little bit of remnants <laughs> yep. on it. It's like a fresh roll that you have to sort of unstrap. Yes. From the base. 
So uh, I feel there's there. nothing better than that than walking in after the cleaning lady or somebody's been in there, and just the smell is so nice too. It's just yeah. unlike anything else. Especially it if smells you're going like, like the YMCA in there. <laughs> I would agree with that. Especially if you're going to like a Target or Walmart and you know it's just grimy as yeah. hell. You just hope to God that you smell the chemicals. Or like sometimes at my work building, the lady's walking out or she's yes. in there. Sometimes, so that's that's how I did it. Brutal. Uh, that's that could be my hate of the week actually. When I gotta go and the lady's <laughs> kind of just nonchalantly wiping down the sinks, I'm like, can you you know get like. Can you give me some space or something? I got to figure out their schedule because it's a delight once once they're out of there and you're the first one in. Yeah, you got to plan that out to the to the second. Yes. All right, hate of the week. I'll go to give you a little more time since I don't think you have one yet. And this one comes from my, my group text a little. We were talking about toast. Uh, okay. Toast is in, like, Bread. And we were looking through the pictures of, you know, the one through 10, like which yep. toast do you like? Mm-hmm. And a couple of people are towards the more burnt side of things. And some people are towards the less burnt side of things. So my yep. hate of the week is that I don't have a toaster. So I can't even, I don't even have the option to make the toast right now, other than to like put it in the oven on some tin foil paper uh, which no yeah. aluminum foil is what I'm th- thinking of, and that's just not gonna do. I'm not gonna take the time to do. That's that. too much of a process. So you don't have a toaster at all. You don't have a toaster oven. No, that's a tough one. Here's, but it's something you can live with though. Like that's not. You'd rather have like a yeah. microwave and in a oven, obviously. So yeah. on a scale of one to ten, where do you say you lie on the toast uh, spectrum? I did, you you kind of cut out there. I'm sorry. On the toast spectrum, where do you lie? One to ten. One I, being nothing and yeah. ten being burnt. Hockey puck. I'm like a four point five, seven, six. So two, you're just a seven. little a little tan on that on that bread. So yeah, I don't like it. I don't like. So here's my thing. You know when you have a piece of toast and you just kind of bend it. If it just snaps, I don't like that. I like a little bit of flex. Okay. I like a nice kind of crispy, like you know, some tan blotches. But I don't want it too crispy where like you bite into it and it crumbles everywhere or too soft where it's all doughy. There, there is a fine line and a happy medium there that I want to hit every single time. Here's, here's where I think you get into second level thinking as well because I thought of this today after the picture of toast that was sent in the group chat is it's not necessarily – like you have to know what toast you're cooking uh, what bread, I guess, you're toasting because it's going to yeah. come out looking different. So he sent a picture of what looked like to be a really burnt toast, but it turns out it was just like whole grain or wheat or something like that, which is going to yeah, look a okay. lot different than Italian Don't like a bread. white or yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking when I, when I, when I choose my grade, I'm basis. I'm, my basis is just a single piece of just white bread, just sliced sandwich bread. Nothing, nothing pretty, nothing whole grain, nothing like that. I'm talking average Joe, everyday brown bag, white piece of bread. Okay. I, I like Sclafani's Italian bread for my toast and, and butter that thing up. Uh, That's a good one. Which, to my point, would be even if you burnt the crap out of that Italian bread, it wouldn't look as dark as a wheat or a whole grain, I don't think. That is true. That's fair. Which then got me thinking, what type okay? of what type of steaks do people like uh, compared to their toast? Because you'd you'd is think there a correlation? you'd think that have to be a correlation. And I found in my group text that the person who liked the most burnt toast always ordered medium well. So there's a correlation there. But then everybody else was kind of kind of wishy washy you know on which I way they went. I, I'm in no way supporting that theory because I don't. I'm not totally sold on it. Yeah. But I will tell you this. I am probably around a four and a half, four point seven, you know, over four and a half, but not quite to five in terms of my steak temp as well. If we're talking rare as in one well like so, hockey puck is in ten. So are you a medium? I like a lo- like or, yeah. Or are medium, you medium rare? I'm in between. Like I don't like it to be completely pink. I like like, you know, a centimeter of brown on the outside, but I like it to be mostly pink. 
Okay. So like medium, slight, you know, slight under medium, right around there. I would say they correlate for me. I feel like I'm a, a medium on toast and a medium on steak. I, I'm strictly yeah. medium. I used to be medium well, and I graduated to medium. Graduated to moving on up. Yes. Well, that gave you some time to possibly come up with the hate of the week. I don't know if yeah. you did. No, no, I don't really have one. I think it's tough. This one's going to sound a little bit weird, but I think mine is like just the concept of dishes in general. Like if there was a way where I wasn't wasting any paper, like ruining our planet, but also didn't have to do dishes, but also didn't have to pay a maid to do them. Yeah. And also no crumbs. If there wasn't crumbs, you wouldn't even need a dish. right? Wouldn't even need it. Because just knowing that as I'm eating something, that is how like negative and toxic I am that. I couldn't even have used a plate yet, and I'm already deciding how I can save cutlery and plates and stuff to try to just limit my yeah my dirty dish selection that's going to be there at well, the end and, of it all. And I, I think I do that, and I only have three plates total in my apartment. So yeah. when I use them, I don't want to then hand wash it before like the dishwasher's full and do the full thing. Granted, my dishwasher is never full. There's about five forks, two bowls, and a couple That's of Tupperwares. Hilarious. But I still I want to load it up because I don't have yeah. a lot of stuff. I don't want to just exactly. run it for three plates. Make it worth it. You don't want to put run it for one spoon. Exactly. So I do have a stash of you know plastic and paper plates uh, in the cabinet just in case with the like utensils and stuff. And you know, when I'm running low, and red solo cups too, because I only have a couple of cups. Yep. I think those are a staple. You just got to have those around. Yeah, they're good. They're good for when guests come. They're not wasting all your dishes. Exactly. There you go. Then you have to clean their dishes, and it's like... Yeah. Yeah. It's a process. It is. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our hate of the week. I don't think we have any honorable mentions. At least I don't. Let's get into some stonks. A couple of good days. I I mean, we're we're tacking them on... Can you tell the folks about the new motto we have? We have a little bit of a new motto. I know. So we joke that I would say about a month ago, probably around this time is where, no, probably over a month ago, a month and a half, I would say, where I jokingly said, you know, things are looking up like this is all time highs. I was loving life and I'm not going to be, I'm not putting the blame on anybody. I'm not calling out anybody. I'm not trying to scapegoat anybody, but somebody else said the B word, the B word. Don't say it. (laughs) They said this could be potentially, this could be the new line. Like in baseball, it rhymes with face time, the B word as to what we're looking at when we talk about like growth and, you know, ups and downs in the market. And I would say no less than, 36 uh, so hours later, things went into the gutter. And since then, we've had, again, still another little like run-on joke where we try to not say the word. And then we came up with something else. Old Mo, as they like to call him yeah. in the olden days. Momentum, folks. We have seen a pretty good amount of it over the last couple of days. And I think in a time like this where things are so volatile – it's nice to be able to root for a little momentum from day to day. That's what keeps us going, keeps me going. Because I'll tell you, if I go like three days in the red, I start saying, pull it all out, delete the app, it's over. <laughs> so being able to, to grasp a little bit of momentum here yeah. and there, I think keeps me hungry and keeps me keeps me sane. Yep, and our portfolios haven't changed much, but I do want to get into some some shifts that you've had and some some trades that you've went through because it is interesting. I want you to talk through the neo sell off and then the neo buy back in because I you you keep saying you got in at a, a lower share price, but I, I don't think. know I don't know if that means you got in at a lower share price or if you took a loss and then got in at a lower share price. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so I but basically what happened was this is my thought. In the long run, I all of the funds that I did have in Neo that I could pull out went right to, um, I think it was Tesla and Square, which yep. I'm far more confident in long term that like I know I'm going to keep those. Those aren't ones where I'm like screwing around. Yeah. Um, 
where I hope that I can like make up my ground that I had lost originally. And then you guys were talking like, Oh, Neo, this and that. And I'm like, Oh, I'm missing out. Like what? It's just going to be my luck that they're going to be at like fucking $70 by May 1st. So then I got back in at like 38 or 39. What was your Um, original buy-in just for the viewers? Like of my first ever purchase of Neo or like my overall average cost? Overall average share cost before the sell. I think it was at like 46. Okay. 47. Gotcha. So pretty high because so I just kept buying like an idiot. We sold off at what? 30 something? I mm, uh, Can I actually look that up? I think I can. Yeah, you can go to your past history. Hold on. So I'm check that out. But we're going to check right now. I just don't want to see that you you sold it at like, you know, 33. 34. Yeah, yeah 34, and then it bumped back up to 39, to 39 and, and you like, bought oh back God. in and you missed. <laughs> so we're going to see if I can find it. Give me like... Just click on Neo there. and scroll a couple. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what do we got? Oh, wait. No. I got 43.80. Okay, and then you bought my back market in. sell. And then you bought back in at... Bought back in at... Thirty nine eighty seven. Okay, it's not as bad as I thought. It's just that you now have to outperform, yeah, w- whatever by four dollars rather than if you just held it. I know. I just it was one of those things where I got sick of it and then I was immediately regretted. I'm like, you know, it's been something fun to talk about. You know, it's a conversation start. I we've been in it for a long while, so maybe had, I'll just dip my foot back. You had fear of missing out when I mentioned to your dad isn't it gonna be a real shame when this thing skyrockets and drew just sold at 39 or whatever to my stomach (laughs) but other than that and my not a ton has changed it's been the same players all along unfortunately we did see a dip with penn national today for uh extracurricular reasons with um you know certain content being released to the internet it's unfortunate it's illegal i'd like to remind people that it is a crime to both share and <laughs> spread spread that content yes so don't do it okay because we're trying to get back up to the 120s here so that's what i got for you on the stonk train yeah i mean i i got nothing else it's been a couple of green days which we've really needed over the past couple of months and we're getting back towards that 50 percent earnings which is always nice and we want to push to that 100 percent. we were up to 93 at one point so i still feel like i'm getting shortchanged yeah, it's almost like you, you know, the old saying, or you kind of set the bar a little bit too high for yourself, you know. Dial it back in, take it, take a couple steps back, and re, re-advise things, because we're we're grinding, we're digging, we're fighting every day. Yep. If it was if it was as easy as that, everybody would do it. That's true. That's very true. All right. Well, let's hop into some sports here. I'm gonna start off. Would you like to actually start off with March Madness first? I didn't watch any of it until the final yeah. two games yeah i mean Gonzaga. i can saga so you yeah can and hop i in. was a little bit like that too like i watched the first two days just because oh like march Madness is back and then kind of fizzled out and then tuned back in when it got to like the final four yep um i had michigan in one bracket and then gonzaga in another one so as soon as michigan lost i was all over gonzaga what a what a freaking game that was against ucla to keep the undefeated season alive and then they walk into what looked like a buzzsaw, Kurt, with Baylor. I mean, where I know me and you aren't the most avid basketball fans, but that team, you from an average them. Joe standpoint, they looked tougher in the paint. They were making more shots. They just looked like they wanted it more. They were in the right in the right place. It was incredible to watch. I think I mentioned when you sh- when a team shoots above fifty percent, you know, for the game on three pointers, and they're taking twenty plus, you're just you're not going to win. There's nothing you could do. You're, you're not going to win that game. And no. the refs allowed the game to be physical, which definitely played to Baylor's advantage because they, got, I would agree like 100%. you said, they kind of dominated down low. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's the story of it. And hell of a job by the NCAA to make this happen the way they did. Yep. Certainly glad to have March Madness back. So. I will say, but don't give the NCAA too much credit here because they are an absolute fraudulent organization. I I completely agree. Now, I I would like to hear your take on it because it's it's come up 
from the start of March Madness, I think, yeah. of about yeah. paying the student athletes to, you know, play because they're producing millions to billions of dollars in revenue for the NCAA yeah. uh, throughout the variety of sports they play, yeah. mostly coming from football and uh, March Madness. Yeah. So my position on it, I'll let you go first, okay. uh, since you were the the what NARP Sport as they call it non-athletic regular person i mean i guess you could call it that i was going to say sport management major this is certainly something we've well yes that would be more in your expertise Um, i was going off a student perspective because i feel like sometimes it gets painted as the non-student athletes don't want them to get paid because like they already are getting money so-called get a job do this yeah so here's my thing so in a perfect world, you could, I think you need to, you need to pay the kids who are bringing in millions of dollars, you know, every quarter, depending on the season yep. to the organization. So obviously I'm talking about, you know, SEC, Big Ten, Bama, all of those yeah. powerhouse football programs and basketball programs for yeah. that matter. I the lines get blurred a little bit, and the reason I think it's so difficult to swing this is because of the different divisions, the different conferences. How can you make it, you know, equal? And you just simply can't. Yep. If there's a way, Kurt, for you to, you know, forget about D three. I'm talking like maybe some D two schools that are bigger, but I'm talking mostly like, you know, e- even if that the televised D one games is what I would be thinking. Yeah. Of. Anything D one. Obviously, we talk about like. You know, maybe some baseball programs, depending on the type of following, but mostly men's basketball, um, football, and just the massive schools. Yep. Um, if there's a way where you can capitalize on just, you know, paying out to those, you know, if your program br- brings in a certain amount of money um, in terms of the percent of like overall revenue to the school, then maybe you pay the players. But again, this is where it gets fishy because in the NFL, not everybody is getting paid equally because not everybody has the same impact. Yeah. How do you measure that on the college level when there's no salaries or anything like that? That's where it gets super tough in terms of like how you would actually pay out these players. So that's the biggest thing for me is like trying to find that fine line between when do you say, okay, like you no longer, um, I guess validate or, or, or fall under this category where you bring in a certain amount of money And then you start looking at like, all right, how are we going to split up the revenue to players and things like that? But I'm all for it. I'm all for it if if they can kind of figure out the logistics. Here's where I think they simplify it, and I think it's it's the same thing that happens in golf um, when it comes to like amateurs and stuff. They don't allow in golf the amateurs to win money when they play in professional events, which I think is ridiculous because. Where does that money go is my first question. Um, yeah. Is it being donated to charity fully? Probably not. Like if an amateur yeah, comes in it. third at the Masters, that's like 250 grand. Where's that money going? I would love to see the paper trails on that. Yeah. For the NCAA, I think they could get rid of the whole recruiting non like nonsense because it happens everywhere. Just let them flat out, let them pay the players to come to their school, right? That would be okay. an, an easy yep. way to pay that specific player or whatever. Uh, yep. Sponsorships, you know, signing autographs or whatever, like simple stuff like that where it's just additional revenue and it absolutely causes zero harm to yeah. the NCAA. Yeah. If anything, be... they bring in more money just down like in yes. overall. And if now you can explain that. The NCAA wouldn't be in this pickle, I don't think, if they were – pretty much a charitable organization in the way that you know the billions of dollars in revenue if they were giving 75 percent of that back to communities or all around the nation like we wouldn't be having this discussion it's the fact that they're like gaining all this revenue and nobody knows like how it's being pushed back out into the world right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if say it was like you know these kids are getting they're getting paid to go to school. It's based off of scholarships and stuff, the the kids who are good enough, right? Yep. So that in and of itself is good pay. It's the fact that they're saying we're creating 
millions of dollars possibly off a couple of games a year. Where is that mm-hmm. money going other than to the TV networks, uh, to the NCAA headquarters, like building in staff and all that? Yep. So I think it really comes down to make it a non-profitable organization. And that's how you solve all the issues, I think. Here's my Will they ever do that? Absolutely not, because they're a bunch of scumbags. I'm going to kind of play the, the, the flip side of the coin here. So what would you do if... If, if, if you were implementing this, what are you doing like with, I guess my first thing would be, it wouldn't be undrafted. It'd be like a walk-on. Like, is there a base salary that like every player gets? Or are you, are you only paying like on Duke? Or are you only paying like RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson last year? Or are you paying me who's on the bench who got in for 45 seconds in, yeah. in the game against I, Northern I think, Illinois? I don't think you can do it salary wise. Like you're saying, I don't think it's possible. I think it comes off the, just let them recruit how they want to recruit. Yeah. Let them take advertisement, sponsorship money, and all that. And the best players will get, you know, whatever that money is. Oh, I see what you mean. So, okay. So you're just, you're but saying... keep scholarships, keep all the, the base yeah. stuff because that's what, you know, okay. half the team's getting in order to continuously play go to practice go to college okay. and all that i got it so you're not saying that the nca should come up with a thing where like they're actually paying players for no playing. just limit more the freaking so them rules allowing them to make yeah because sponsorships and actually being recruited yes. and instead of like did you see the school was it Ole miss or whoever we were shitting on a couple of weeks ago who was put in rolls of a hundreds in like mcdonald's bags yes. like instead of having to go to that extent yeah just let them straight up do it because the nca like you're acting all high and mighty and on their high horses, as, as exactly. the group chat would say. Yeah. And they're raking in millions, billions oh, of it's, dollars. It's ridiculous. It's and ridiculous. they're not letting the kids get a cent. And if you go get a meal from your Uncle Joe down the street, you lose NCAA eligibility, which is... Yeah, you could potentially be kicked out of school. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I have for that. Uh, I think we wrapped up March Madness there pretty well. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, we got a... Uh, not really much to talk about with the Red Sox, Bruins, or Celtics right now, um, which is obviously a bad thing. So we'll see what happens with those. Outside of that, I think we got to hand the floor over to you for, for Masters Week. Yeah, and I'm going to start the week before Masters Week at the Valero Texas Open down at TPC San Antonio. The Texan, Jordan Spieth, he's back. He has arisen. On Easter Sunday, no no less, Jordan Spieth gets his 12th PGA Tour win. And boy, oh boy, it's been 1,351 days, four years almost since his last victory. And we've been sniffing it all year long. We've been, you know, placing a couple of wages on him throughout the year when he was close. It was a validating victory for him, for his fans, for everybody who stuck by him. For his whole team, that he didn't fire a caddy, he didn't fire a swing coach, he kept him for all four years. He said, we were the best in the world at one point, we're just going to stick with it. This is this is my team. Like That's got to be probably the most rewarding feeling for oh, yeah. a PGA Tour event that zero people would be talking about if Otherwise. Charlie Hoffman, who came in second, we love Charlie Hoffman, the garbage man, but if he won... <laughs> Yeah. We, we just wouldn't be talking about it like this. Yeah, and I got to give you credit where credit is due. This is something that you have been knocking on the door of for, I would say, the last two to four months at, at the very least. Yeah. How, how it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You have full 100% faith that it will happen eventually. Yes. And boy, oh boy, is it going to be great when it does. And it did happen. So I got to give you credit for tracking that. A final, a final round 66, it wasn't like he went out there and hung on. He had to go out there and shoot six under, beat Charlie Hoffman by two, uh, made a couple of cruci- crucial birdies down the stretch. I believe he had another quotable line. Uh, if you remember in the British Open when he won in 2017, he points to his caddy at the hole and says, go get that. On 17 at the Valero Texas Open, I believe what he said was he pointed at Michael Greller, his caddy, and said, don't forget that when he made it on 17, the birdie, which is just, he it's Electric unbelievable. The, the quotes he gives off and the interviews, 
he had a great interview after uh, talking about just, like I said, his team, uh, his newly newly found wife. Well, not newly found. She's been with them since high school, but I think they just got married just over the past year. Yeah. Uh, so that was it was pretty cool to watch. Absolutely. Now we can finally yeah. get into Masters Week with that yeah. setup because he was the odds-on favorite after Sunday night's victory to win the Masters at plus 850. His odds have since changed, and they've went up to plus 1150 from the last time I have seen. And I will double-check with you here, but DJ was the odds-on favorite coming in around plus 900. Uh, and then the Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas's, uh, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, all up there as well. Bryson, I can't forget Bryson at plus 1100, uh, and John Rahm. So with that, before I dive into the Masters itself and maybe some statistics, let's just hear your your three guys who you're looking at looking out for to win. Good thing I've prepared. Maybe give me a wild card too, a wild card maybe down the board a little for all. I have I have three that I'm going to give you. Okay. This is from work talk. This is from internet. This is from all walks of life. Yep. Here's my three that I've gathered, not for myself, but for the people. Okay. Number one is who I sent you that video of earlier. I mean, what a freaking swing. <laughs> Bryson. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people talk about like crazy swings in baseball, but that thing is like me after like three Bud Lights at Candlewood on the second hole because I'm already bored of myself. Cork screwing into the ground? It's the entire operation of the swing is the funniest thing ever. It's like he wants to literally – it's like he's the golf ball did something to him. It's unbelievable. It's just crazy. So he's my first guy. How's the sound? You look like you're not sold. No, I, I am. I'm I'm doing some stat digging right now as you're going okay, along cool. your picks. I'm listening. Cool. Two and three in no particular order. Louis, what's his name? Oostazen? Oostazen. He's my second pick. That's almost a wild I give you that as a wild card. You got two give more me big as a dogs. Wild card. Yeah. And then my third is a couple of my work buddies were hyping this guy up. I know he's all over Twitter. Max Homer. Okay. I mean, geez, I'd, I'd give you another wild card on that one. Okay. So that's my three. I'd, a versatile bunch, but yep. that's my three to look out for. Yeah, that is very versatile. Uh, I like Homa this week. A couple I different options. I couldn't quite pick them in my pool. We did. I think there's 10 tiers of groups of players, and Homa just fell into one of those tough ones where I liked a, another guy better yep. than him. Um, Fair enough. My big dogs I'll be looking out for, and this is – I know it's going off the odds, but these are the guys who end up winning the majors. And it'll be Spieth. Spieth is my number one. There's nobody who rides a hot hand as well as Jordan Spieth. I think he's going to keep it going this week. I, I heard some reports from Golf Channel today that his caddy, or Twitter, his caddy, Michael Greller, uh, after Spieth hit a three or like an iron onto the par five to 20 feet, easy you know two putt for birdie type of deal in his practice round he wanted to hit a few wedges in there so he threw some balls down he had michael greller his caddy go up and toss a putter cover on the back right corner of the green 87 yards away i heard on his first shot he hit the the putter cover in the air just plopped it 87 yards on the dot putter cover little you know wouldn't it be nice a foot a foot wide not even probably eight inches wide you know that's insane so best putter in the world when he's on jordan spieth my number one my number two i'm going to scroll a little bit down those odds i'm going to go patrick cantley he's been probably the most consistent golfer in the world for the past year a ton of top fives in every single event he plays and then i'm going to give you victor hovland Okay. Our guy from Norway, right. the young guy. He's one of the best iron players in the world. His strokes gained on approach is fantastic. 
and the wild card, I would give you a Max Home as well. I think first yeah. first Masters appearance, which is a little weird, wary. I'm a little wary of it yeah. because people tend to not do great in their first Masters appearance, but we'll see. I don't think DJ is going to play well. He just he just hasn't been around recently. I feel like on the leaderboards. Mm-hmm. So I don't see him particularly playing great. Lee Westwood, I'm fading. He's been hot, but I think his his little run has come to an end. He had a missed cut a couple weeks ago. That kind of ended it. Maybe he was tired from many events in a row, but I'm not buying it on this one. And I got to talk about Phil. You know, this is his 29th tournament at the Masters. Which is Remarkable. just an outrageous stat. I don't think he's ever missed the Masters since 1990-something. I, I don't even know. I can't even wrap my brain around the, the, the math there for 29 tournaments. 71.32 uh, scoring average for 29 tournaments. So what is that? 120, 116 rounds of golf. He is still scoring under par. He's not coming in form, but it's his favorite track. He plays it well. He's got a, a million top fives. I hope come Saturday he makes a little push because probably the only three guys who can make significant roars at Augusta, and the fans will be there this year, is Tiger is obviously the first one. I would say Phil the second. And then Jordan Spieth being the third. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Three of the more beloved guys, right, and respected. So I, I would agree with that list. Yep. <clears throat> I'm just gonna take a look at at some of the other players here, uh, and see if you got any thoughts. Scotty Scheffler. I'm actually gonna repeal my Max Homa, and okay. I'm gonna put Scotty Scheffler in there because he's been fantastic and. What is really almost like his rookie season because he started on the pandemic year, so it wasn't really a full season that he got into. Uh, but every big event that he's played in, he's been top 20-ish. Hasn't quite broken through yet, I don't believe. He has won a, a PGA Tour event, I think, um, and I could be wrong on that. He might not have. But he's getting real close. Sergio, what are your thoughts on Sergio this week, Drew? Um, having not watched a single stroke of golf this year, yep. I he to me just from an outsider perspective seems like one of those guys who's definitely he's been there. He's he's got the I guess the veteran. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's not his first rodeo. But can he sustain a push for multiple days? Don't believe he can. Okay, I'm out. Justin Rose, I would agree with that. He hasn't been great really all year. He played well at the players for two rounds, um, going off your little four round basis there, uh, yeah. and he just couldn't he couldn't put it together for four. It gets tough when when these players get old. Justin Rose plus ten thousand odds, which seems outrageous because he's so good. I was gonna say at the Masters, uh, he I he just hasn't played well at all for the it past be year he hasn't be been around yeah it could be but tough, you gotta tough you, year for a lot of people though right like it's it's not a typical year so who knows yep somebody could catch fire that is true that's very true and we got to talk about brooks i think has i Your believe he just had it was either ankle or knee surgery it's gonna be crazy because they got tweets showing him not even able to bend down to pick the ball out of the cup and to read putts he has to have his right leg fully extended I saw that. to the it's right extended straight out yeah which that can't be good going into the one no. of the biggest weeks of the year and you I have mean, to I, you have to gerrymander I, yourself like that just yeah, to reach exactly. down and get a putt if you can't reach down to get your ball or you can't bend down to read a putt obviously there's going to be some issues with the torque not being there in the swing through the knees that's a problem yeah that's a big problem i i will be fading him i heard a couple of people threw some money on him i said i don't think that's a good investment 
but he is one of the best major players when he's healthy. We'll see if that health can hold up. Yep. Lastly, I got to ask you, Tony Finau. If he's ever going to get it done, don't you think it's going to be wasn't at, at the biggest the event? That, uh, what was the, the scam? Remember the, the course where if you win it, you never win? Uh, the Puerto anything? Rico Open Curse. Was that Tony Finau or was that somebody else? That's That was Tony Finau, and the curse was broken by Victor Hovland. Yes. So wouldn't that be something? If now that the curse is broken, the dam, the dam has ruptured. Who yes. knows? The wind, the W's could be flying off the board now. I mean, he's had almost, a, no I'd say six, six to eight month-ish since Victor Hovland did break the curse. Uh, that he's been, you know, he's had logged a couple of second place finishes as well as a million top tens. But I think if the dam is gonna break, like you're saying, I think it's gonna rupture i think it's going to be at the biggest event golf has and i think it could be at the masters his game is absolutely perfect for here he absolutely bombs the ball he's going to have a ton of short irons and wedges in and all it really has to come together is his sunday final round scoring average like that's it he just needs to hold it together shoot a three or four under and have something fall his way for once it can happen I'm that, I'm gonna be rooting for him. That's what I'm, that's my pick right there. I okay. am fully on board. Would you like to take the big boy off the board for Tony Fino? Do I? Can I only have three in my repertoire? No. I'll keep him as up my sleeve then. I'll keep him. Those. That's my. That's my core four. Right I'll give you the Fino because you gave Homa and who was your other wild card? Louis. 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 Louis, Louis yeah. O. That is that is quite. <laughs> Quite the couple. I mean, Louis Ustazen stays in plus seventy five hundred, and Homa's down the board even more. He's at plus ten thousand. So if you hit any of those, Drew, we're going to be partying. Yes, we're going to be going to Petucci's. <laughs> That's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. All right. No free ads, though. Let's uh, let's do some frauds of the week. Oh yeah. Do you have one? It seems oh, like yeah, you do. All right. I, I mean, I got frauds every day of the week, basically. But my biggest fraud is more Easter-themed. I had it in my back pocket. It's peeps. I see no value in a peep. I To me, it's like a marshmallow coated in, like, sugary stuff. I don't get it. It's just one of those stupid novelty candies around the holidays. I, I'm never going to yeah. willingly have a peep. I, I just don't see the hype around them. They're a bit fraudulent to me. I'm going with the Easter-themed peeps. As my yeah, FOW. I think to go with that, I think Easter parties in general, I feel like are frauds of the week because I just don't think they have the same pizzazz that, you know, the big holidays have. It's just more of like a, you know, you got to go do this on Easter, have some brunch. Yeah, it's, it's more not, of like what you think you should do rather than what like you want to do. You, you want to do. I guess that makes sense. Okay. It's not I, I would venture to say it's it's quite frankly I don't look forward to it. I don't think it's that enjoyable sometimes. It, yeah. The only time I think it is enjoyable is when you get really good weather in the beginning of spring and you guys and you can be outside for most of the the party. Most of the, yeah. Because which is how it was in Easter's defense. In Easter's defense yeah. how it was it landed on a Sunday Sunday afternoon was really nice. Mm-hmm. I just said it landed on a Sunday. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's always on a Sunday. Always. But uh, tough one for me. Tough break there. But yeah. it was nice weather. Yeah. I, I think that's the only way that it makes that party a party. Yeah. Because I would also say, then it gets the people going because you've been you've been cooped up inside all winter. Yeah, you, you got the drinks. You got the sun. And you're yes. just ripping it up. And there's no Sunday scaries to be seen. Can we talk and, about how that religiously is probably a more important holiday than than others but it gets but doesn't get celebrated to the extent that they do there's yeah. a little bit of a discrepancy there i would agree there's a little fraudulence there yeah in how they're valued you know and how each holiday is valued i would probably agree with that a little bit yeah that's a good point i didn't really think of that i so I guess we would be calling the the frauds would be the Christians and the Catholics and the the Easter celebrators. Yeah. I'm trying to, 
I think so. I think we do... would. Do. Bl- yeah, we would probably be blaming those. Judaism, people. I think. Easter as well. It? I believe they celebrate Easter as well, correct? I, I wouldn't think so. No? Am I, I off on think. that? Well, isn't. I feel like your Easter is for, like, you know, Catholics and Christians. I don't think. I, I'm I'm sort of in a pretzel here. I don't know. Do do I don't th- I wouldn't think so. Easter is linked to the Jewish Passover by its origin oh. uh, and by much of its symbolism, as well as by its position in the calendar. Okay, I guess I didn't know that. I'm not. That's not my. That ain't my lane. I'll tell you that. But, but I will say, now I'm looking at history.com, it says Easter is a Christian holiday that celebrates the belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So there maybe I don't have my my wits about me on this one, maybe. So I guess I'm calling the Christians uh, frauds that, okay. you know, it's not higher up on their totem pole of holidays. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good way to look at it. Okay. My fraud of the week. Oh, that's what it was gonna be. I, I, it just sparked in my brain. What? CrossFit pull-ups. Have you seen them? Did you happen oh my to gosh. see the Congress? Who was that chick woman? on Twitter? Who it, was like, that was putrid. It was my love of the week. The the replies that that tweet got. The replies from were incredible. Oh, the replies were. Everybody. Replies were so good. Like the the military accounts that chaps I think tweeted. Zero, zero, zero. <laughs> and I was in tears laughing at it. So good. Yeah, that wasn't even close. So I, I, I guess... I got to be honest. But before you dive in, I almost convinced myself that it was a different type of exercise. I'm like, this has got to be something new that I don't know about. Like that way you're working on your shoulders or something, your mobility. Because I'm like, there's no way that this is like a pull-up or anything like remotely close to that. Yeah, I mean, it's just what like you're swinging with the rest of your body and doing it. Like her legs and hips were like. Yeah, I'm not was, saying like she's riding a swing set. I'm not saying it's not a workout. I'm saying it's, it's not, not the right workout. It's not a pull up. Like you're, you're not focusing in like you're saying on your shoulders and. Yeah, she was like your hip out in her leg. It's chest. like she was on a swing set. It was so odd. I feel. So odd. I drew. I feel like you could do. Maybe a hundred of those. Honestly, yeah. I'm taking the under, but I could definitely do more than her. Because it's just like you're on a swing. You're just swinging on a pole is what you're doing. Simply put. I'm not challenging anybody. I'm not saying that. I think, saying. You, I think you just challenged the congresswoman to a, <laughs> a CrossFit pull-up off. Well, hit us up. If you want to challenge me, let's do it. Plug our pod and we can talk about it. I don't What's think we'll. I don't think we'll be having her on a podcast from a, a moral standpoint. Fair enough. Touche. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Wrap up with a, a dad joke of the week here. What do you got for us? Yeah. Did you know that the man who invented the umbrella was just going to call it the umbrella, but he sort of hesitated. Um, umbrella. I get it. <laughs> I saw that one on TV. He I was, was just going to call it the Brella, you said? And then he hesitated, yeah. Oh, that's too good. I like that one Unreal. a lot. That Unreal. One's, that one's really good. But Before we jump into like quotes and closings, I have to ask you this. I've been meaning to bring it up on the pod. I saw it on social media last week, and I think I know what you're going to choose, okay. but I want to hear your rationale. Yeah. So really quick, we'll just go over it. There's a million dollars on the line, okay? Okay. And you have Justin Verlander, Justin Tucker, and Steph Curry all in a – you, you did? All I in like a climate-controlled vacuum where no yes. outside variables, weather, none of that matters. It's yep. just off pure skill. You have a million dollars. You have to yeah. choose one of these three to happen, most likely happen. Either Justin Verlander throws 100 strikes in a row, Justin Tucker hits 140-yard – field goals in a row or Steph Curry hits a hundred free throws in a I row. I think this one's easy, Drew. I'm taking I Steph do... Curry. Oh, I was going a completely different route. Okay. So I want to you go first. I want to hear your rationale. So here's my rationale. The field goal is 
out of the question. Like I completely agree. Yep. It's not even close. I'm not trusting anybody. Anything. Like nobody. If it was Adam Vinatieri to yeah. kick a game winner a hundred times, and if it in was a, row, t- a twenty yard field goal, even I'm not. I'm not picking it. I'm still not. I agree. Uh, and the reason I'm not pitch picking Verlander to throw a hundred strikes is I. I just think one gets away from you. Once kind of slips off the fingertips and or something. I'm not. I'm thinking like he has to like. You got to think climate control in regards to like a hundred free throws is a hundred free throws. Like it's the same distance. He, same everything. He yeah. he doesn't really get a chance to mix up speeds like Verlander. I don't expect Verlander to be slowing For it down. To fastballs. Well, no, I I don't expect him to be able to just say, "Oh, I'm gonna cozy in seventy mile an hour fastballs down the middle." I'm still yeah. expecting him to throw an, an 88 plus fastball as a strike, which yeah. I just think one is doesn't get in the so strike my, zone. Wait, but here's me playing the other end because I'm picking Verlander. It was between him and Curry. With Curry, like 100 free throws, eventually one's gonna rim out right or hit the the square centimeter on the back of the rim and not and not fall yes. or do the roll. Like, yeah. I I think I would agree. There's no way you're picking Tucker, but I I really want to know what the majority is picking Verlander or Curry because I think it's similar in terms of like, you know, it's the same motion every single time, and and eventually one may get get away from you either way. I just I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that we're split. It is. I, okay, I, but I, think, I look at I look at Steph Curry. I guess how many look at the probability too? How many threes has he hit in a row? I have no idea. Probably. If, ooh, if you look at the probability, I would say it's highly favorable to my side of the argument. I'm going to do some digging after this and come up with. I'm going to look Steph at the Curry's free throw percentage. Probably ninety percent, right? Probably over ninety percent. Yeah, definitely. I, I, would I would be. I'm highly doubtful that Verlander has a ninety percent strike ratio, and I yeah. know there's pitchers that you're purposely yeah. not throwing in the strike zone, but still. But if that was the case where, yeah, he was just, yeah. I see that side. It's tough. I'm going to have to do some extensive research to, to come up with the probability. But it, it's, a hell of a, it's a hell of a question. Hell of a riddle. Yeah. It'll be. I think they should do it. I think they should. That would be electric. It'll you can on the get. Run. Just, go, go up to strike one. How about that? Don't even put Justin Tucker in there. It's not happening. Just. It's not. No. Kick him off to the side and let Have the, him watch. let the two go after it. And do you think Verlander's the like he's the guy, you think, for the MLB? Well that's And I guess you could it. say he is Steph the guy for the NBA even. It, does somebody have I a higher you, free throw percentage? I can't see how they would. I mean, I think you have to I, I'm probably picking Steph. In the MLB I feel like Verlander is one of those guys who's been around for a while. He throws strikes. He's, you know, he's known to kind of paint and be pretty accurate. I don't know who I would pick over him right now. Because being a good pitcher is different. And you can uh, disagree with me if you want. But I feel like being a good pitcher, like picking the best pitcher in the MLB is a little bit different than picking, like, who you think is going to just dot the eye 100 straight times. You know, seven, if they got to throw 70, they'll throw 70. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know who I, I... I'm kind of stuck on those two because that's what it is. You know, that's who were kind of the predetermined choices. I don't know who I would pick over them. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap up here with a quote. This one coming from Eddie Lowry. Do you know who Eddie Lowry is, Drew? Not off the top of my head. Probably should I, though? He is a Bostonian. He was the caddy for, does this name ring a bell, Francis We Met. No, not even remotely. Oh, man. I know. It's Another Bostonian. He was the fr- the last amateur to okay. win the United States Open back in 1913, I believe. It's either 13 or 14. I should know this. I'm going to stick with 13. Okay. Eddie Lowry was his caddy. Eddie Lowry at the time, I believe, was like 12 years old which is pretty sweet. And his quote, which are words to live by if you're a golfer, read it, roll it, hold it. That's amazing. So we will, I like that one. We will end the pod with that. 
go Jordan Spieth, go Phil Mickelson. Go and Tony Finau. And I can't say that. I can't do it, but I'll say I'll give a go Max Homa as well. Beautiful. All right. That'll do it. Pat from last year. Play us What's out. for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Crew.